Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sporting 160 EM podcast on episode 178 and we've got an absolute jam-packed episode for you today. But before we get into it, I'm just going to reiterate the thing we've re- been mentioning every single podcast for what feels like the last two, three weeks. And if you are an Arsenal fan, you are free to enter as well. So basically, we're giving away a, a sporting shirt once we reach 1,000 subscribers. I believe last last count, we're about 220-ish, 230-ish away. All you have to oh, do is I thought, I thought it was 130-ish away. Oh, that's probably right. My math is fairly new. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, subscribe and you could win a sporty shirt. If you're outside of Portugal, we will also cover shipping and stuff. If you're an Arsenal fan as well, feel free to enter. All you have to do is subscribe and reply to the pinned tweet and you could be lucky winner. I think if you are outside of Portugal, it's going to cost you like 100 euros, like if without anyone paying it. So you'll save yourself a lot of money. But anyway, without further ado, let me introduce you to our panel. As per usual, we've got the main man. Rich, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. A chaotic game today, for sure. It was all back and forth. And I feel like every goal came off of some sort of lapse in, in judgment or calamitous, calamitous mistake uh, on both ends of the pitch. Yeah, most definitely. And we've got the main man, Chris. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Again, for sure, an entertaining game uh, for the neutral. I mean, I guess it's a decent result for us in the end. Going back to London with a chance was really all we could hope for. Have a chance, but it's kind of shocking that at the same time feels kind of disappointing. But you know, we'll take it. We'll take it. We we're move. used to we're used to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most definitely. And today we are joined by two special guests. First, we've got the main man James at AFCJXMES. I hope I pronounced that right. Probably not. But how are you doing, same man? Nice, however, however you want. It's just James. Um, and because the name with an A was taken up, I replaced it with an A. So yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm good. I'm good. It was a weird, as I said, as I said before, we got on air. It was a weird game today. Um, I think I speak on behalf of a lot of Arsenal fans where we say our emotions. We weren't really sure how to feel about this because all our emotions are going into the league game. Um, obviously, after Bournemouth at the weekend going two 0 down, um, winning three two, that took out so much of us emotionally, and then to come into this, uh, people, I guess people's minds are elsewhere, which. Also, potentially, um, I kind of is reflected by the players in the um, they they're really focusing on the league and um, maybe a few of them played with that in mind, not wanting to get an injury. Um, but especially, it was nice that we um, rotated our squad a little bit to uh, keep the hungry players on the pitch. And um, yeah, it was a good overall a good game. Yeah, most definitely. And last but not least, we got AFC Karras. But before I let him take the microphone, he's also got his own podcast, which is the BTB podcast. Link will be in the description as for James's and his Twitter account as well. How are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. Like James said, I was very much indifferent to this game because like he nicely said, you know, a lot of our attention has been on the league and this is like our first chance to win the league in almost like 20 years. So obviously a lot of our attention is there. But fair play to Sporting. They gave us a really good game. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, without further ado, we'll get up the, the goal point uh, ratings, which for you guys, if you don't know, is basically like our sort of sofa score uh, ratings. But here in Portugal, they've, they've been uh, helping us for a long time. Um, so we'll get the, the score up and also read out the lineups for both teams. Um, so for Sporting in goal, we had Adan, we had Inacio, Coates, St. Just, Ricardo Esguio, Morita, Pedro Gonzalez, uh, Trincao, uh, Marcus Edwards and Paulinho. For Arsenal, they had uh, Turner in goal, Salabia, uh, Salabia, oh, I say Salabia, Salabia, 
Um, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know how to pronounce your other centre back's name. Kivio, Kivio, Kivio. Kivio, okay, Kivior, we'll, I want to say. Yeah, Kivior, yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. Zinchenko, Ben White, Jorginho, Fabio Vieira, Saka, Shaka, uh, Reese Nelson, and Martinelli. I'll start off with the Arsenal guys. I'll start off with you, James. What were your overall thoughts on the game? Um, I, I think we, the, and this is happening quite a few too many games recently. I think we lack control at times. Um, at our best, we're really able to, um, against Leicester away, actually, just a few weeks ago, we limited them to literally um, 0.01 expected goals. Uh, they had one shot and it was from miles out. Um, but today, as you can see from the graphic, we conceded two expected goals um, and we conceded plenty of big chances. Um, as I as I said, I understand with the rotation, um, Jorginho really wouldn't be in our um, starting team. Kivior came in for um, Gabriel, who's been an absolute rock at the back for us this season. Um, and Turner um, arguably uh, made a few mistakes, um, particularly for the first goal, which um, basically came from right under his goalposts. Um, so the the lack of control from us was a little bit frustrating at time, um, but there were definitely there were definitely some positives, including um, the man you've got as not man of the match out of the whole game, but Arsenal man of the match, uh, William Saliba. I thought he was immense today, um, and I think had um, had we played Rob Holding like a few people suggested, I think we might have really struggled. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what were your thoughts on both the goals for, for Sporting and Arsenal? I know, I, if, in my opinion, obviously the, the second goal for Arsenal was incredibly unlucky for Sporting Balls or incredibly lucky for Arsenal. What were your overall thoughts on the goals that took place? Um, yeah, I thought, that obviously, the second the second goal for Arsenal was a bit of a freak goal, but I do think um, on the basis of the way the game went, 2 all was probably a fair result. Um, our first goal from the corner, it was nice because it's actually been a while since we've scored directly from a corner. Uh, in recent weeks, we've started taking them short, uh, which has been working. But sometimes when it's not working, it's very frustrating to watch because you think, just sling it in. We've got some massive defenders in the box. Um, I'd like to see um, someone testing the keeper, basically. Um, and Fabio Vieira, as I'm sure you all know from his time at Porto, has a, a delightful final ball. And um, he's a bit of a um, goal, mainly assist, but a bit of a goal and machine. Uh, go, sorry, goal and assist machine. Um, even when he's uh, maybe not contributing in his overall play, um, he will always be getting an assist or a goal here or there. I think he was getting a goal or assist every 66 minutes, they mentioned on commentary um, during his last season in Portugal. Um, and then, yeah, I'm glad it was Saliba on the end to nod it in because he's deserved that with the way he's been playing recently. And then, um, as I say, the second Arsenal goal was a complete freak goal. Uh, but on the basis of play, I think it was probably deserved, especially, uh, well, harsh on Adan because um, he'd made some good saves, especially for the Martinelli one. Um, but yeah, overall, I think a fair result. And just quickly, in terms of your goals, I thought um, between Kivior and Turner, two players who don't usually start in the uh, first team, I think they made a right mess of the corner. Um I think Kivior, for some reason, ducked. I don't know if he'd heard something from Turner. I think he and must then, have heard a shot from Turner, maybe. I, I think That's so. That was the case because he, it, it's really, it seemed really unnatural from him. Um, but I think regardless of Kivior, I think Turner had just has it. That's in your six-yard box. You shouldn't let someone have a free header like that. And he kind of half went and then came back. And your last goal, I don't know. I think it was, again, just a little bit sloppy. We just... 
we conceded a chance and we got away with it the first time and then we failed to clear it properly and then you came back and got what you deserved. I think, again, 2-0 was a fair result. I think you played very well and um, it's all to play for at the Emirates. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, last question I'm going to ask you, for Sporting, who do you think the man of the match was? As um, the graphic nicely has here, I think probably Adan, uh, because in particular that uh, Martinelli save, where it looked it looked very much like he was offside, um, but he'd uh, Zinchenko slipped him in nicely and he made a nice run. Um, and a lot of people at the time, myself included, thought he, Martinelli should have squared it. But I think the way Adan came out, um, there was no chance he could have squared it. Martinelli made a pretty decent finish, uh, but with the way he came out and spread himself, I don't think there was much of a way he could have uh, scored. So, yeah, I, I'd give Adan the um, man of the match. Um but maybe I was also Trincao's rating isn't isn't most generous here, but I thought Trincao and Edwards also posed quite a threat from the wings. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I agree with that. And from an Arsenal perspective, we'll go on to a sporting one. Chris, uh, what were your overall thoughts on the game? You're on you mute, my guy. <laughs> Always do that. Um, I guess uh, overall, uh, at the beginning at least, I was pleasantly surprised with how Sporting uh, entered the game. Uh, I thought that they mostly had the initiative, and um, I think that the Arsenal goal, the first one at least, is kind of against the run of play. If anything, um, Pedro Gonçalves had that big, big chance uh, in the first 10 minutes or so, um, and we were just honestly playing well. It looked like we were confident, um, and I was... Uh, I was honestly excited. So when we conceded, I was actually nervous that it could all go to shit very quickly. Um, but it reminded uh, me very much of the city start, like when we were like really. <laughs> we good had for like the first a dream five minutes, for ten minutes, and then it was. It lasted well. a bit longer. It's probably about yeah. I mean, the Arsenal goal is probably about twenty minutes or so. So it was like a great, a great twenty minute opening, and then concede off a set piece. Um, yeah, I mean, you could say that Adan. It's funny that Adan, honestly, he did he did have a good game in the end. He did make the saves that he needed to make, but he just looks so sketchy doing it. He got fouled on the one cross that he came out on um, and, like, whiffed at it. He, he had the one pressure near the goal line where he almost lost it in the first half. He had a couple of passes out of bounds. I mean, <laughs> I guess for Adan, that's, that's a good Adan game, but um, I'll take that from him, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, he he he's always gonna make make me nervous. Um, just, I'll be honest. Sorry to interrupt. Just before we yeah. move on from the topic of Adan, he was really really frustrating me first half because there was a, I can't remember who. There was a moment. Oh, when we scored our first goal, he was banging on. He was banging on about some mind. And yeah. Um, and then uh, there was when Jaka handballed it out of his hands. He was chatting to the ref for like a minute then. And then Nelson came in and um, it looked like he wiped him out, but there was barely any contact. And he was down for like another minute. I thought this guy is taking the mick. But yeah, there was yeah. another moment too where he was, maybe it was Ben White. They were kind of like, he was shoving him. I honestly yeah. don't know how Adon escaped this game without a yellow card. Uh, that's pretty, pretty crazy to me. Uh, the referee, very, very referee the had an inconsistent performance, I would say. If, uh, if you didn't know, keepers have been yellow carded in, I believe it's something like five out of Arsenal's last six or seven games um, because they're trying to time waste or play some uh, play some nonsense against us. So yeah, he, he's lucky to get away with one. But I'll let you. I'll let you finish. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. I, tur- I honestly, to be honest, as an American, you know, I I followed Turner pretty closely uh, in MLS even before he went to uh, over to England. Um, <laughs> he honestly looked very shaky. Like I, I, I'll be honest. He and I'll kind of chalk that up to it and just not playing consistently enough, most likely. Um, I think it was like they said it's like a sixth appearance or something like that on the broadcast. Um, he, he did play a bit at the world cup, obviously he got, you know, what, four games under his belt there. looks good there. Um, but yeah, Turner, Turner was sketchy. A couple, there was the one moment with Edwards as well, where if Edwards is just switched on a bit more, the, the, the turnover off the Edwards or the Turner pass could, could maybe be an, an easy tap in. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess just to, to highlight some like individual performances, um, I, I do think, um, like uh, James said, I think Trinko actually was relatively, relatively dangerous. Especially we've we've slated him recently, honestly, deservedly. I, I would say, for some of his recent performances. And again, this is still not the performances of a twenty million euro man, but it's it's better. He looked confident, dribbling, created some chances. Edwards as well. Edwards was definitely more dangerous. Um, uh, set up basically what would become the second goal with the slip pass. Um, Edwards, I feel like, um, is def- he, he shows out on these big European nights. Um, obviously, especially against English opposition as well. It's just like kind of a game that you know that Marcus Edwards is is, is going to show up for. Um, the shakiest point for us was we got a late scratch of Hector Bellerin, who most likely would have started at right back. So we had Ricardo as Gallo have to step in yet again. And yeah, to be honest, as... The Dark Angel of Doom says here, he actually was pretty confident. And you could, t- as Guy was a guy that builds very much off confidence. Like, if plays flowing through him, he plays like three good passes in a row. Like, you'll see that confidence. He's making that run. Um, but then, you know, if he starts getting cooked a couple times, he turns it over. Like, you can just see that he's just looking to get rid of it every single time, instantly play backwards. Um, so, as far as as Guy performances in a big game like this, like, again, that's probably about as good as it's going to get. Um, yeah. And then also St. Juice needs to be shouted out as well. The way he he came in and played a little right wing back as well, which was definitely a curveball for Emory. have not seen St. Juice at right wing back before. Um, and I think it was uh, Martinelli when uh, Kowats and Morita, both on yellows, are, look like they're honestly trying to take him down. Fail to. He gets in on a breakaway. If either of them stop him, it's it's probably a straight red either way, and they're already on yellow, so they're definitely gone. Um, he gets through, gets around to Don, but St. Juice really closes like, oh, man, like a 50-yard gap. He's known for his speed, and I love those moments where he's really able to showcase it because, I mean, there's almost no center backs in the world that are going to, to do that and, and close that down. Um, so that was incredibly impressive. Yeah, and I think there was a collective like holding our breath when St. Jude went down holding his ankle at one point. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I was like, no, he's playing so well. Give up. Yeah. <laughs> basically, basically, to the Arsenal fans who, who don't know, he missed like the first quarter of the season with injury, came back for two games, got injured again, came back for one game, got injured again. So like this season's been really off and on for St. Just, but I'm I'm glad glad he had a game like this. I mean, yeah. like like Chris said, I think it was like ten million bought him in for, so it's really good that he got to, to showcase it. And he really did have a good performance as well. Um, just game before saving, I move on. Game-saving tackle there. Because I was, I was like, quiet yelling in my office. 
Martinelli, someone, and to be fair, someone the, to break Martinelli's fucking legs. I'm like, the save, tell him, I don't care. <laughs> the save at the beginning of the second half from Adan, yeah, that that I think James might have mentioned. Martinelli had the game on his foot potentially twice. Um, he was, was he was a big problem yeah, today. Like he, he was a threat. Very well. He was, he, was just, he deserved the goal. Yeah, most definitely. And Chris, who would you give me your man of the matches for both sides? Um, uh, to be honest. Uh, I thought to be to be fair, I think Zinchenko um, deserved a shout from me. Um, you know, I, I watch a fair bit of Arsenal because uh, we get the Prem. Like it's one of the few leagues that it's like actually accessible on the telly. So um, I'll probably watch like you know I've probably seen like s- maybe six Arsenal games this season, six to eight. Um, so um, I've definitely. Uh, I, I I think that Zinchenko. Every time I watch him, he 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 he's just like a he's such a dynamic player. He's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. And again, today I was definitely impressed with him. And then from the sporting side, um, for for me, it's either it's either of our center it's either of our center backs, Inacio or or Saint Just are the man of the match. Inacio's long balls are very underrated at this point. He's basically creating one big chance a game at least minimum with with a through with with a through ball that just kind of comes out of nowhere he did have a nice effort on goal he scored a goal as well uh he, if you look at his goal stats he probably got at least like seven goals at least at this point he scores off corners a couple times a season now he's only going to keep getting better um don't know if we're going to hold on to him this summer i i saw his link to liverpool like last week or so People will be in for him, and um, we again another player who definitely was underperforming uh, at points in this season in late 2020, early 2023. Um, so it's good to see Anasio, um really stepping up again, and you know showing why he, he really realistically he should be a candidate for the uh, for the Portuguese national team. Just yeah. uh, j- just before we move on, Karis, um, I'm interested what you thought of Zinchenko's performance today because obviously. We have very high expectations of him, and um, my view actually differs a little bit from Christian's uh, from what we saw from him today. To be honest, I have to agree as well. I don't think it was Zinchenko's best game I've seen. Um, he had a few decent moments, to be fair, as you always do with him in terms of you know setting the tempo and stuff. But like compared to what I've seen, let's say against like he made a good pass for example which Martinelli you would have hoped that he would have scored from that one which was a very good pass but I think it was probably one of his most shakiest games I've seen in a while to be honest like I don't think he was very composed on the ball as you usually tend to see from from him that's just what I saw personally but um despite that we still got through the game regardless and I think if anything for me our most impressive performer for us was Fabio Vieira. And like, as James was saying, he's like a golden assist machine and you can see like his vision is just outstanding in terms of the balls that he picks out. You can just see the intention of every pass that he makes and he's starting to really come into his own for us. But yeah, that's probably who I'd say our most impressive performer was in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not that. That's not to fully disagree with you about Zinchenko. I, I think he even when he has a bad game, he's still impactful. Um, 
I just think by his own standards, he was quite sloppy today and sometimes misplacing passes and stuff. That's all. Fair, fair. Just um, on the topic of Zinchenko as well. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, that first goal that you scored, do you think uh, there was a bit of, like, on, on social media that it should have been a foul to sport in or, like, Matthew's race, who was the one being grabbed, I think, or maybe St. Just fell to the floor too easy? Did you guys think, like, the two Arsenal fans, did you guys I think, think that was Zinchenko him? that was the one that was grabbing him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was, yeah. Did you guys think that was any anything or was it just, you know, how it is in football, I suppose? I'll let, I'll let Harris answer first. I don't know what James is going to say, but I can't lie. If that was given as a foul, I wouldn't have been surprised because I was thinking if I was a sporting fan, I would have probably been moaning about how that wasn't given personally. But I don't know. What do you think? Um, It's funny because with all fan bases, when something happens against you, it's a big, big deal, and like, oh, it's everything against you. And when something happens for you, it's just you—you you turn a blind eye, and oh, yeah. I didn't—I didn't see it. Oh, what are you talking about? So it was—it was one of those where I saw it, and I was like, "It is what it is." So I think in the think- Premier League, I, I think in the Premier League that gets disallowed against Arsenal. I don't know if it's because in Europe they ref it a little bit differently. Um, yeah, but yeah, it. it we do a lot of that holding in the box and it, it, you're treading a tight line. Um, so, yeah, if it was disallowed, we Arsenal fans would have been annoyed, but I think it, it could have very easily been justified um, because of the grabbing he was doing. And, um, yeah, maybe we got away with one, but I closed my eyes and said I didn't see it. It's, it's a bit of a 50-50. Like, if you're the ref, you're, you're a little bit damned if you call it and damned if you don't call it. Yeah. It's a tough position to be Because in the in end, it doesn't it really actually affect the play that much. Very minimal. Because it's it, yeah. it, it's behind where the header happens. Yeah, it's kind yeah, like of away from the I think that's play. exactly what it came down to. I think had it been even in front of the ball, I think yeah. it would have been disallowed. But because yeah. it was behind the ball and not really affecting play, they used common sense which the Premier League referees struggle to do, whether you think it's right or wrong, I think I would argue it makes sense that since it wasn't interfering with play at all, it makes sense to get on with the game. Um, again, if I was a sporting fan sitting here, I'd probably be saying something different. So. If you think prime refs are bad, I invite you to watch the <laughs> Portuguese League game, my friend. Everything yeah. is made up and the rules don't matter. That that foul is also given in the Portuguese league, even yeah, if like, that is absolutely yeah. given. Yeah, but I I, I think it. I agree with you, James, that because yeah. it wasn't affecting the play. Like, let's say if it was Matthias Ray's man who got got the header and scored, then yeah, I guess we can make a case. But it literally didn't affect play at all. The only thing that annoyed me about it was obviously I think Zinchenko went up to Matthias Ray's and clapped him, and then our captain Kwasis pushed Zinchenko, which means that's when the shoving match started. Kwasis was really really passes. talking yeah. to him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to ask, how do you think Coates and Marita being out for the return leg, how do you think that's going to affect you guys? Oh, is Marita out too? He's, yeah. he's, out he's too. got a cumul- They both have uh, accumulated yellows. Uh, um, yeah, I think with have. Marita, it's a bit, it's not too bad because Ugar's coming back and he's arguably <laughs> the better player of the two. So I don't think it's that much of a concern. I think Coates as well, he's, Chris said before the show, he's kind of been dealing with some knee issues. He's not quite been up to himself. 
So I think a lot of sporting fans are like, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Like, I think they're, they're happy that it'll likely be, I'm assuming it'll be Diamande coming in in the second leg. Uh, what a way to kind of toss uh, the poor kid from the walls. Like what, two months ago, he was playing in second division and now he's uh, about to go play a massive European game at the Emirates in front of about 60,000 people. So talk about having to hold your nerves, but I, I, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think because at least we have one midfielder coming back and a defender who most fans seem to be comfortable with likely coming in. I don't think it's it's something that we're super concerned about right now. I would I would say maybe um, in my inexpert sporting opinion, they were probably two of the players you could afford to lose the most. Yeah. 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 If they lost the one like on Charles, I think that'd be scary for them. Yeah, the yeah. thing is as well, I would say for me, Morita had arguably his worst game in a sporting shirt today. And I think it's just because he's not next to Ugarte. Because with Pedro Gonzalez, he sort of floats around the pitch. He's put in the midfield in this this graphic, but you saw him on the left wing, on the right wing, which leaves Morita on his own, which means Morita picks up more fouls, gets yellow card, yeah. things like that. He almost uses, uh, I think Ugarte almost acts like a, a security blanket for Morita in that midfield at times. Yeah, they, they both, I think they both complement each other very well in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, th- I think Kawates is one. I think just for leadership and experience, we're going to miss. Um, I think especially from corners as well. The last two games before this one in the Europa League, he scored twice from a corner. Um, yeah. So that might be missed. I don't know if he will chuck Diamande in there. I have a feeling that he might try and throw us off Mateus and like Mateus Reyes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I mean, in the 15 minutes of Diamande that 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 everyone got to see, I mean. The lad there did not look out of place. There was Arsenal fans on my timeline, like being like, "Wow, this guy's pretty good." <laughs> like, he I, instantly I came in and started. won just three headers in a row, instantly, and then won a tackle. And then put that Santos played through. that pass with his outside yeah. of his foot. I mean, he was balling, bro. He, he had his vitamins. He had his vitamins <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think we miss too much. But on on that note, uh, Karis, what were your overall thoughts like on on the two goals as well, and who would you give your man of the matches to to both sides? Um, in terms of the two goals, at least for us, I think Shaka said it in his interview after the game that they're both like very avoidable goals, and they're too easy to give at this level. Like Inashu, like you know. Um, a header from a corner, which we could have easily dealt with. We've been having issues with set pieces recently. And then the next one was a bit upsetting to let Paulinho score. So, um, and the thing is, it's quite funny because from, from both sides, like both could have a case to say that we could have won the game with this certain chance. Like Paulinho had a certain chance that I don't know why he took it so early instead of just, you know, keep running and just try to strike it. Gonshaw's in the first half, like in the first few minutes, had a really good chance where he cut in and you can see what they're trying to do, but he just put it so far wide. Like he had a few chances here and there. If that... only he had a left foot. <laughs> if only he had a left foot. <laughs> shot at that. He, he cut it back and it worked. But yeah. I just... know, but I'm like, dude, just shoot. Just, if you had a left foot, like just go. Yeah. You can cut it across goal. You don't need to make that extra cut. <laughs> yeah, so I think on the balance of play for both sides, the two-all draw was pretty much fair, but I feel like the result suits us a lot more than you guys because if anything, I think um, I think we'll clinch at Emirates and if anything, we didn't deserve to win today but I don't think we deserve to lose today either. So I think For we sure. got a fair result that helps us. But and you rested a couple players guys, as well. 
you know. Sorry? Yeah, Odegaard. it wasn't the fault. It Odegaard, was he a, was he a healthy scratch, yeah. just a rest? Just like, just sick, basically, yeah. Okay, okay. so, I mean, you, you'll probably get some players back. Obviously, the home team has advantage, so, yeah. I think it's well, at, at least you got well a chance. I think that's what, as you guys were saying, that's the yeah. thing. I need to confirm. But I wanted to say who, um, I was trying to say who impressed me. I think Marcus Edwards was quite good today as well. Like you could see that when he gets the ball, he's got a very good final ball on him. Like he takes his time, it's very measured to do that little like reverse pass. Inashu as well, I think, definitely should be getting a big move if he continues to play, play like this. And Gonçalves as well. I'm surprised that he's not moved from Portugal yet, to be honest. But he also maybe it wasn't his best game today, but just this season in general, he's been very good. And I don't know where you would be would be about him, basically. Yeah, yeah, he's been one of the better players for us, I think, this season uh, for the most part. He's second, I think, in the league in scoring domestically. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Had a had a bad game last game, missing the penalty and then missing quite that a was rough, Yeah, I think he, he redeemed himself today. Yeah. Um. Even though again, it wasn't his his best performance by any stretch of imagination. Sort of how you guys feel with Zinchenko, like it wasn't a great performance, but but like a standard performance for Zin, from Zinchenko is still good. Mm-hmm. Sort of the same with Pedro Gonzalez for us, I would say. Um. But yeah, Rich, uh, do you have any extra thoughts on the game? Like, what did you think? Um. Like I thought, we controlled the opening ten minutes very well. I felt the the opening goal it was a little bit against their run of play on their end, but then they I thought Arsenal did very well to kind of take back some control of the game. Anyways, they kind of controlled the midfield very well. Uh, Martinelli and Saka gave us a lot of problems the duration of the game. Um, like the boy said as well, I thought the our tying goal, the one one goal, was easily preventable, and that might just be down to. You had a center back and a goalie playing that don't get a lot of playing time, right? And they're younger; they're on the younger end, so they're still kind of learning the game. So it happens. Um, calamitous, almost calamitous error right at the stroke of halftime for Matt Turner on the pass. Very fortunate that Marcus Edwards was caught napping on that. Uh, so one one at half, I felt was kind of fair. I don't think much of it at, at halftime. Uh, second half starts. Martinelli just runs through what felt like the entirety of our team, just everybody. And I was like in my office, going, "Someone break his legs! Like, just someone! I don't care if we get a guy. Like, don't let him score. This is gonna be embarrassing. I don't want to be put on a highlight reel." And say Juiced, who uh, for me, he was my man of the match today. Uh, just Usain Bolt esque run from God knows where on the pitch to catch up with them. But great work by Martinelli to shrug off like several tackles, run around the goalie. Uh, if if St. Juice is even like half a second behind, like it's a it's a brilliant goal. Uh, we come through, we we get the uh, the two one goal, and then a couple minutes later, Paulinho all alone on a breakaway. And you would think you would at least not force... not all alone is is the issue here because Edwards was right there with him. He could have squared it. He could have done anything. He could have done anything else it. than what he chose to do, which was miss the net entirely. That's oh, the, 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 the highlight, the replay of it, the, the second replay, where like as it's soon as the ball bad. leaves his foot, you see all the crowd just like, no. Oh, <laughs> shit. That was, that was so deflating. He makes it so hard to defend him, man. Yeah, at the very least, force, force the keeper to make a save. And then almost... On the on the following attack, Arsenal comes in. It's a bit of a fluky goal, but again, they kind of they kind of were controlling the attack up to that point. 
And then, yeah, the last little bit, there wasn't really much. Like, the last 20 minutes or so was kind of uneventful for both sides, just kind of trading spells of possession in the midfield. So nothing really stood out. I do think a draw is very fair. Um, it stinks because that's that's football, that's soccer, whatever you want to call it, right? Like, we go from potentially being what would have been 3-1 up and almost at least not killing the time, but probably killing the game two it's two two and now you're going in and it's it's a much different mindset heading heading to the emirates in london uh next uh next thursday but all to play for from both teams i expect there to be a decent away contingent uh sporting fans away historically have been very good especially in england so uh we'll see how that goes but they will have um i imagine a very hostile crowd at, at the emirates because uh when Arsenal is one of those teams when man when they're when that team's good you do not want to go play them away that those fans just get loud it's it's interesting we talk about home and away as well because I noticed earlier I don't know if people picked up on this but not a single away team won today um no so maybe no, just right. a coincidence obviously but I guess it's a little bit indicative of the fact that um the home advantage um does make quite a bigger difference and to be fair, I guess most of the away teams you would consider um, not the favourites today. Um, but the fact that not only three of them even got a draw out of the eight games um, does say something about how it is difficult midweek to travel wherever you're going abroad, um, especially when you're so focused on the league campaign. Yeah, that was, I think, a lot of sporting fans. A lot of people I know, even neutrals, were asking me, do you think Arsenal will arrest some guys? I'm like, well... Depends, like how how big is their priority? How big of a priority is the Europa League for them? Like they're they're doing a they're having an incredible league campaign. They deserve full credit, especially with uh, some of the injuries that uh, that Arsenal have had to deal with. So they might they might give us a very rested team. We might get a semi rested team. Depends. Um, we saw we saw most of the starters stay safe for a handful, but we'll we'll see next week i guess cuz you guys have a big uh big game obviously this weekend and then uh, another big game the following weekend so we'll see how every game, every game's a big game every game's a big game every game's a big game right because it's only it's what a 5 point gap on man city right now correct yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. we still got to go to anfield we still got to go to city there's and we still a lot of bit, there's still a lot of big games coming up in, in your campaign so you the games that you're not playing against them are the ones you want to spam points if possible just, which, is why, which is why, which is why, as I say, in, in hindsight, it sounds like people are saying, oh, we don't care anyway, because oh, maybe we don't go through, we don't care. No, Arsenal fans genuinely, if you if you said we'll lose 5-0 against Sporting, if you guarantee the league title, we'd absolutely snap your hand off for it. Because, <laughs> um, I don't know, it, I'm 23 years old and I've never seen my team win a league title. So, um, <laughs> oh, that yeah. was me. That was me like two, two years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, ago. yeah, we were there not so long ago. We don't yeah, have yeah, a yeah. title drought. <laughs> I always joke like I have a friend. He's uh, he's a diehard Man United fan, like more so than myself. Like he lives and breathes and dies for that fucking team. And he asked me about sporting. So we're kind of like the Arsenal of, of Portugal. We're we're a bit of a meme team. He goes, really? I'm like, yeah. Like when Arsenal was kind of. On their downturn, everyone was just kind of dunking on Arsenal. I'm like, that's sporting, but for a longer term time. <laughs> like we, we, we've like Arsenal's got at least a few more FA Cups and stuff to show for it. We got like a league title and like a couple cups, and that's it. Like, yeah, like I mean, even if you like, I I would tend to say and it's probably biased for me that we are like the unluckiest team 
in the history of football. If, if you guys haven't already, defeat from the hands of victory. Someday. Just just watch the Marseille home leg this season, and it will just prove what I mean. Like Adan, like he got man of the match today. I was gonna say I, I can never give him man of the match after that game ever again. <laughs> I don't care if he saves a hundred shots. Like man. Uh, anyway, I, I digress. Um, uh, yeah, but in this game for me as well, I'm not going to piggyback off of what you guys said too much. But yeah, I thought Adan had a solid game. As Guy as well, I was really impressed. He made some solid runs, some solid passes. And it's the thing that me and Chris always say, like when Edward sees him overlap and he's like fake passing it, but then he realises it's Edward, it's, uh, it's Guy there. Guy only just like, no. <laughs> just takes the ball as well. <laughs> but yeah, um, Edwards again, a fantastic pass on, on the Paulinho goal. Um, obviously it went to pot and then the rebound went to Paulinho. But speaking of Paulinho, um, basically I'm his biggest fan. Um, I, I love the guy. That makes one of us. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> probably the only one in the world at this point. Um, but yeah, even I can't defend that miss. It was it was absolutely shocking. And then, because at the end of the day, obviously anything can happen in football, but if he scores there, that's game done. That's maybe tie done, but definitely I would say this game done. I wouldn't go so got... far as say tie done. It's, it's at the very least... This I think we would have won 3-2 because I think Arsenal would have kept pressuring a lot after that. They were still yeah, like they 25. Would've, they would have nicked one back. I think they would have at least scored. So I think maybe we win 3-2, but we'd still okay. be in the advantage maybe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We. To be fair, it's not It's not like unlike sporting to Chokely, but for me, it was just like... <laughs> yeah. You'd have come to the Emirates with something to defend, which is a bit nicer than the position you're in now. Where now you have we have to... to go after it. Yeah. yeah. But in, on the flip side, it also means that we still have to like we still have to fight for it, really. Whereas, like maybe if we were a goal up going to the Emirates, we might rest on our laurels a little bit, go defensive. Whereas now we still have to get that goal, obviously. Yeah. Um, but just just as a reference, something I tweeted from the podcast account earlier: Paulinho is what we like to call UEFA man because he scores in almost every Champions League slash Europa League mm-hmm. game. Um, he scored against Arsenal, Spurs, Ajax, Leicester. Leicester was when he played at Braga, um, Benfica, Porto, and Bajikas as well. So he's he's he scored a lot of big goals, but I don't think there'd be a bigger one than that opportunity they missed, especially just because Arsenal literally from the other side just went and scored straight after, which was really, really disheartening. I That's think a lot of players worse, lost confidence. Was they scored well. right after? <laughs> That's what yeah. made it hurt more. Yeah, I think I mean, the only yeah. other thing that talk about that we haven't yet is the second Arsenal goal. I think some people think it might be a foul on Gonçalves in the build-up prior to the uh, to the pass and the shot. Yeah, prior to yeah. the ball and the pass. Yeah. You said Christian. You said some people. What's your yeah. opinion? I, I personally. <laughs> I think that a lot of referees in real time are just going to whistle that because it looks like it, it, it's a foul. It's in midfield. There's not much like in Portugal. I, I think that they're going to just whistle that hundred percent of the time, but yeah, I, yeah. I really don't think that there's a lot in it. He kind of glances the ball and kind of glances his leg, glances the ball first. And then there, I don't, and it's not something that's enough that they're going to go back. And I don't think VAR should overturn it. So no. I think that, the right decision was made um, because it's not worth overturning it for that. But, you know, if they would have just called it, it you know, just a little whistle here, I, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have shocked me. And, and uh, I think the referee was a bit inconsistent with that tonight where he decided to do it where he didn't, you know? Yeah, he was, that ref was very much all over the place every which way this game I found. No, I, 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 I agree. I referee. agree with the analysis of the foul. Um, it's one of those ones where this this often happens with defenders when defenders get the body between um, 
the ball and the man, any slight touch in the back, they'll go down. And the ref, 99% yeah. of the time, will blow yeah. the whistle. But mm-hmm. sometimes the ref doesn't blow the whistle, doesn't bite into it. And then the defender's left with egg on their face. So this time, I guess. And also, you've got to remember, Saka is such a strong boy. So I think the way Saka used his body there, I don't quite think it was a foul. Arsenal have been absolutely stiff this season. I don't know if you remember the um, Martinelli scored the opener against United quite early on in the season. Um, and oh, yeah, Erdegaard, yeah, yeah. yeah, Erdegaard was a judge to have fouled Ericsson and it was soft. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was seeing flashbacks of that, but I'm glad, I'm glad they let it run again. Because I think, if anything, that one had a longer review than the first one, which the first one, I don't even know if it had any review. No, um, I don't recall the first one having yeah. a review. Um, there was like that little t- tussle afterwards, but I think that's what the holdup was. Not yeah, the someone someone had words with someone else, and someone took offense, and they all had a little bit of a wrestle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was kind of how that happened, I think. Yeah, so for me as well, I don't I don't think it's a foul. It's one that I think uh, Portugal's office goes down too easy, and I think because he had so much time on the ball as well, he could have got rid of it, and that would have been that. But I think he sort of was either. Maybe not looking for the foul, but when he realised that he sort of didn't have any any option, he went down. And to be honest, if that's in the Portuguese league, that is called ten times out of ten, no no doubt in my mind. But obviously, um, the referee felt differently. I did think the referee in the first half was a bit more prone to sporting, like giving uh, giving fouls in our favour. I think maybe because of the crowd, maybe like there was sometimes I was just looking, I was like, that is never a foul. Yeah. But he was he was quite light on the yellow cards as well. I know there's a few, but there was definitely some like he, he let Kawatis get away with one, I think. There was one handball which looked like it might have been inside or outside the area. There was another one where he was on oh, the yellow I, card. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I, I think that was the reason why VAR didn't intervene was because it was slightly outside the area, in my opinion. So yeah, yeah. I, I let you off for that. And there was the one where I think I think it was Fabio Vieira, maybe Martinelli went went through or went round him and Kawatis sort of body checked him. Why he literally got the yellow like two minutes earlier, which yeah, I was I quite shocked. I thought, I thought Kawhi was gonna, I thought he was gonna do it. It looked like he was maybe pulling it out of his pocket, but he was reaching for the spray. He was reaching for the spray. I thought he was gone, to be honest. I think he had like a very quick thought, like he saw red, like it flashed in his eyes, <laughs> and he, he settled down. I was like, I'll let him off with this one time. He will. He will remember this day. It's one of the. It's one of those ones where if he wasn't on a yellow, he gets a yellow. But it's yeah. not. It's not enough to send him off. And I. I do agree that was. It would have been incredibly, incredibly harsh to send him off. So I think he did make the right decision. To be fair, but yeah, he was walking on thin ice. Yeah, if he if he wasn't on a yellow already, I agree. I think he probably sees one. But yeah, you can't send a guy off for that type of challenge unless he's made it like six times or four times. In the last like, 10, 15 minutes, and it's like, okay, Tristan listen. Romero and plays for Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's guilty of that. Yeah. I've that, a few Spurs games that I've seen him uh, pull that move a couple times. Well, he got he got sent off in the last one. So, I yeah. mean, there's justice somewhere, I suppose. We're out of Europe, right? I think they lost. They lost yesterday. Yeah. They or they, they died, lost to but Milan. They lost. Yeah, in, on aggregate, they lost to Milan. That's fine. Let the trophy drive continue. Yeah, um, Karis, what were your overall thoughts on the refereeing performance? Did you do you sort of hold the similar vein into what what James was saying? Yeah, I think the referee was just all over the place. I think I tweeted saying this referee must be drunk. Like, there's <laughs> some weird calls that he shouldn't have given. To be honest, um, like he was very inconsistent. I think that's the best word to put, to use for his performance. Like there was some some decisions he should have given, some that he should have not. But 
to be honest, we can moan about referees all day. It's just about you trying to control what you can and what's in your favour, I guess, really. And I guess from both teams, we have things to look at, which, you know, apart from the referee, that we could have done better ourselves anyway. So, yeah, the referee wasn't the best, but we're used to it from the Premier League team, terrible referees now. So it is what it is, really. Yeah, it did feel like a lot of this game was controlled, sort of controlled by the referee, where he could have just let games go on. It's like, I know there's a stat, it's like the average time in the Premier League played, like it's 58 minutes due to like fouls and time wasting and things. Yeah. And to me, it just felt like it was a very stop-start game at some points, like where it, the game could have just flowed a bit more. It did feel like the game never really got much of a chance to get much of a flow today. Also, I don't know about your lot perspective, but at least for the first half, the, the game seemed like the intensity of the game seemed really low. Um, it was kind of boring, why. yeah. It was almost like there was a pact of non-aggression between both teams. Yeah, like, it, we want to hurt you, you want to Everyone just seemed to be doing everything really slowly. Um, I don't know, compared to Arsenal in the league, we, we get onto teams, we, the players get the ball and start driving at people. But no, it just seemed to... That's why, that's why part of me thinks were, were the players playing with the league in mind and didn't want to get injured or something. But something seemed off. It, it was weird. It was like we were playing at 80%. Yeah, especially like the last five minutes. Like... Yeah, the last five minutes when it was like obviously Arsenal were in, could have taken control of the tie because uh, they had most of the ball. It seemed like they were just passing sideways, passing backwards. There was no there sort was of intensity to try and get a goal. And even with Sporting side as well, I don't think there was there was much intensity. Maybe because they both knew the game was done and then they've got a whole whole fresh leg. But obviously, the difference between us two is Sporting are what fourth in the league. We're not really playing for anything in the league at the moment. Maybe just to try and get third. And even so, third still doesn't guarantee us Champions League. It'll be the playoff places we'll have to go. Mm-hmm. So our best shot really at getting a Champions League is winning this competition. Although it's obviously easier said than done. We still need to beat Arsenal in this case. And then there's obviously still some great teams in the competition. But I would like us to take it a bit more seriously. Ruben Amarim's played it quite cool, saying like, oh, it's not the end of the world. If, if we don't, like, it's not his number one priority. And like, he's going to go in there with a plan. Like, it's sort of, like keeping his cards to his chest. Whereas like, I really want to see us go on some sort of decent European run. If like, I can't, uh, the, the most recent one, Chris and Richard, correct me if I'm wrong, was probably 2018, just before the Alcachet Academy attacks, right? When we yeah, lost we, went to yeah, we, we advanced play, so. two rounds, right? So we've, we've, we actually haven't advanced any rounds in a, in a, a bit, uh, yeah. but we've yeah. bit, we beat Michelin. So we've made it this far. But the format's changed a bit now, so I don't know if yeah. it even counts. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like the play-in to get into. Yeah, it was kind of like a, was a playoff game. between the Champions League dropouts and more the, than uh, a traditional round of thirty-two. Yeah, yeah but yeah, which it's it's interesting because it does give you incentive, more incentive for finishing first in your group because you do get those two. Amai is massive. Yeah, yeah, it's two last games. Like I, it gives me plenty of incentive to want to finish first in my group. Well, in you know, you know, it's fun. United fans were moaning that they had to play Arsenal after playing um, midweek on a Thursday. Um, Tough shit. No, I don't know if they played mid... I think they maybe played something like Palace on a Thursday. Um, But it was because because of the Europa League game that it had to be rescheduled. Um, But ultimately, it was in their own control. If they finished first in the group, they wouldn't have had to play as after a midweek game. So they can Mm. moan all they want, but they didn't finish first in their group. Yeah, I I felt they had like a very manageable group. Like they could have easily finished first place in that group. I think they made a bit of a meal of it at times. 
they did they did but they also did get stiffed i remember against sociedad there was a humble decision the sociedad um, yeah it should not that should never have been a penalty yeah but we we will not look at that we we're not complaining no yeah no, i don't i don't blame you one bit um, yeah, Richard, yeah, I was going to say, football. like your description of Man United's Europa League group is sort of the same as our Champions League one, where we were top of the group oh, for the first few weeks, end up third. To be fair, we only end up third because Marseille didn't understand Marseille. the rules. And Tottenham See, Marseille, if Marseille had just decided to hold on for a tie, we would have been out of Europe altogether. But they just decided pocket we ball and... They got caught on a counterattack on like the last second, and Spurs ended up taking it to uh, guarantee themselves uh, Champions League and not even finishing Europa League. Because yeah, that group was like chaos. That was the real group of death right there. That was an unbelievable group. Yeah, I know we're surrounded by Arsenal fans as well, but I'm not gonna lie. I did celebrate that Tottenham goal when it went in. <laughs> I yeah, I was like Spurs. Sigh of relief, <laughs> more than anything. But it was I've just never like, been so God. happy for a Tottenham Hotspur goal in my life, and I probably never will again. <laughs> Unless Pedro Porro scores it, maybe. No, no, uh, no. Uh, depends on who depends on who they're playing and what the situation is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, but just my sort of final overall thoughts on the game. Um, I want to see more of Fatawu. I think Marcus Edwards was gassed by like probably minute seventy five, and that's because he usually gets subbed off at minute sixty five. I don't think he's ever played like consecutive back to back like nearly ninety minute games. Um, and it also means Fatou can't play in the youth league anymore, I believe, because he got called. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that was a rule, by the way. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Um, I get. I, it's yeah, it's always a good dribbler, isn't it? Like he's known for being a good dribbler, isn't it? Yeah, he was yeah. really good for our, our last game in the youth league. We played against Ajax, and he scored a hat trick against them. And oh my. he he was also called up to the Ghanaian World Cup squad as well. And he, I think he played one one game, if not like one half of a game in the World Cup. He had like one or two like sub appearances, I think, at, mm-hmm. uh, at the tournament. And I think I want to say the Guardian at the time in 2021 when he first joined rated him the highest African youngster in like the last ten years, like in terms of prospect. So he's he's definitely got a lot of like pressure on him at the moment. There's some hype around the kid. <laughs> he's definitely definitely got it, and I think he should have been given more game time in this game. Same with with Shimiti maybe, but obviously Paulinho scored the first goal, so it was difficult to sort of bring him off. I also wanted Nuno Santos to start instead of Mateus Race, but I feel like Mateus Race didn't have a bad game. I know four point eight rating is a bit, bit. I think it's a bit harsh. I didn't think he did much wrong. Um, yeah, he didn't do anything that really stood out to me. Like, that's he, good and bad. It seems like just about every um, Portuguese left back is it starts with the name Nuno. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Nuno Mendes, Nuno Tavares, Nuno Santos. They stick them all at left back. Nuno left. Go now. <laughs> That's it. There was there was all, always in uh, the under twenty ones of Portugal. There's a, a centre back of Diogo Diogo Queiroz and Diogo Leite, and there was also one on the Diogo bench. Costa I think. and goal. Diogo Costa, yeah, that <laughs> was it. The three Diogos. <laughs> but yeah, that, that does happen a lot actually. But um, but yeah, well, Portuguese just... people are very. We're not very inventive with our names. You get like five. Yeah. You get it's like you get a hat, and it's like. Five or six names for guys and five or six names for women. That's it. That's, that's what you get. We're not very imaginative. But yeah, I, I will just say, I'll give a special shout out to Diamond there as well. He's been fantastic. And I was one one of the guys who sort of criticized the signing, not in terms of oh, yeah. ability, but in terms of fee, like 8 million for a guy who's in the second division. I think anyone like in the Portuguese second division, anyone should look at that and be like, well, hold on a minute. But Amarim's got it spot on with this one. I think he... 
he seems to be so so composed at 19 and just feels like he's been playing for ages. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I, th- I think... I'll eat my words on that one, too. I, I had some words to say, and I'll happily stand up and say I was a big, stupid idiot on that. I mean, I let's wrong. be fair. I mean, I think it's 7.5 plus, like, 4 or something. So it has the chance to go up to, like, 12 or something. Yeah. And I think it's only 70% of the pass. So it's like he still needs to be sold for a good amount to generate. But they finally up the release clause to 80 million. Like, like, to be fair, like, <laughs> I actually could maybe see him going for 30 plus million because he looks like a very solid prospect. He looks like a player. Yeah. It's, well, it's such an interesting, uh, di- it's a difference in perspective, obviously, because I guess you lot are judging a player's success by how much they're going to be sold by and like wh- who they're getting sold to. But um, that's such an obviously different perspective to Arsenal because we, we, we're we in slightly different positions. We would never see it that way because if a player gets sold, then they're not good enough for Arsenal yeah. rather than being too yeah. good, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> It's the realities yeah. of, I think, just modern of the modern game, right? Like there is such yeah. a disparity, and there's a lot to get into on that, and ways to fix it on what caused it. But it's just kind of the modern game. Until there's some sort of way to bring a bit more parity across different leagues, that's what it's going to be for the time. Well, it's, it's it's also interesting because um, Kieran Tierney, he was um, ill for this game, I think, but mm-hmm. um, there's talk about him going in summer, and people. Um, and Newcastle are one of the teams that are like most strongly linked, and the fees are flying around what thirty-five to fifty million, some somewhere in that range. And people talk about don't don't sell them to Newcastle. Um, they could be title rivals in a few years. But the question is, no one else can afford it, apart from yeah. the Premier League. Nobody has money. And yeah, people... no Bundesliga team is going to pay that. There's very For few La Liga back. teams. Yeah, I there's mean, very few La Liga yeah. teams that will that are willing to pay that. Like that's the thing. So you're so very people, yeah. People need to face the reality as well. To be fair, to be close to family and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People need to face the reality that, unfortunately, if you want to sell players for big money, the Premier League is where it's at. Because um, unless you're young and Brazilian, and then Real Madrid will pay a hundred million for you. <laughs> Um, yeah, not many clubs yeah. are spending big at the moment. The fact oh. is with it as well, it's because our last few transfer deals in terms of outs have been quite poor. I, I think we can all agree that Jarplin has been one of the best holding midfielders in the Premier League this season. And oh, we, we got for 18 million him. euros. Which yeah, is and he's not um, he's not available for the Arsenal-Fulham game this weekend because he's had 10 yellow cards this season already, which is quite Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds just like that the Pellinho we know. That's 110 like tackles, yeah. he's going to get a few yellows over yeah, the course of this tackle. <laughs> but it's it's also, to that point, it's crazy about when I hear, like, for, I think it's Southampton, they've bought a few, like, Chelsea Academy players for, like, 17, 18 million. Everyone's like, oh, it's a bargain because in a few years it's going to turn out to be like, the next big thing. And, like, 18 million is, like, Sporting's record signing, which is Paulinho. That's the record like, signing for almost all the, por- all the big Portuguese teams. Like, no yeah. one spent more than, like, 20 million or 25 million, I don't think. And you were, and you obviously, you were cussing the Super League before. Um, but this is why, this is why Juventus, Barcelona, Real Madrid are so desperate for it. Um, because they see the Premier League pulling away and they're trying to um, basically fight back. But, unfortunately, the Premier League teams right now, have less of an incentive to go for it, especially with the way the English fans reacted. Yeah, yeah. From, I don't, from a selfish I think, standpoint, I, I would like it to be again. <laughs> I think if they, I think if they tried it again, I think the English fans might literally attack the stadiums. But, but <laughs> um, just just on that topic, 
Um, I believe the Champions League is um, being completely reformatted, um, yeah. which just so it's funny because obviously the Super League was proposed and everyone says this is terrible, and now the Champions League is being changed, which is almost just as bad. I think it's going to um, have more games, which is yeah, which is the thing that in theory we're trying to avoid is like the problem is is just the players are getting exactly. more and more games more and more teams are getting invited to tournaments so tournaments are longer yeah mm-hmm. i think the champions league reform like in portugal they announced the league cup now is going to only be between the top four teams and it's just going to be a semi-final final because yeah, really? the, because yeah. the champions league is going to have more games now like the playing a seven to like nine game league cup campaign is like not feasible anymore yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and also the other part about the new Champions League is um, teams are getting uh, teams are going to be able to qualify based on um, coefficient based... points, right? We don't we yeah. don't know if that's fully confirmed yet. They haven't. That's the thing. If they do, then I'm right to start the UEFA because, because that is, is as you were saying, that's that a Super is, League too. That's Super League, absolutely. Yeah. Um, where and I'm so glad that Arsenal will qualify for the Champions League this season because this is the last season before the changes get put in place. Mm-hmm. So after all these years fighting for top four, if we then finished fifth and just qualified by default because we're a big team, it would have felt so underwhelming and just so like, <laughs> yeah. just not by merit and undeserved. Yeah. And that's, and that's I think, unfortunately, some of the big teams, they unfortunately, they feel it's owed to them. They feel like it's their given right that we should have the Champions League. But like you said, you want to get their because you deserve it. You want it feels better when you've earned it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think as well for like no disrespect to Arsenal or any of the English teams, like like obviously it'll be great for them to get a Champions League. But imagine like what it could do for a team like in Bulgaria or Romania. Why should England get another spot for the Champions League or France or Spain? It whatever? just it just further skews. It just cre- continues to create the gap we're seeing between kind of England, the next four leagues, which is you know Italy, Spain. The Bundesliga in Germany, and uh, to somewhat of an extent, France, I suppose, and then it's everybody else in this chasm kind of thing. I think that it, the last thing you should do is try to skew it towards the bigger the teams and the leagues that that don't need the help. I feel like there needs to be some form of more equity among all the leagues because it's the Champions League, but like fifty percent of the teams are champions of nothing, unfortunately. Yeah, most definitely. I, I agree with, with everything you said there. Um, just, just, yeah. I think something needs to, needs to happen, but I don't think it will. I think as long as the rich people are making money at the end of the day, like, they want the well, big teams in it important. because the big teams get eyeballs, etc. It, yeah. it benefits them to have the big it's teams, a, it's in, a, so it's a vicious cycle. I can see why they would want it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, but from that sidetrack, we'll move back on to the actual leg and tie in hand. Um, and again, I'll ask for both perspectives. But uh, James, I'll start with you. Um, have, we don't know what the weekend result is going to be versus Fulham. But would you think like a win or a loss will change what happens on Thursday? For example, if you lose, you might rest more players just because like you want them to be fit for the league or vice versa. If you win, you might want to rest more players. Like, What do you think could happen? I don't think so. And I think that maybe potentially even Arteta has pre-planned who he, obviously barring disaster, maybe he would have had to change things. But I think he's pre-planned who he would have played in this game. So um, what we used to do in the group stages was that very obviously Saliba would play one game, Gabriel would play the next game, 
White would play one game, Tommy Asu would play the next game. So we basically rotate and we rotated exactly six players today. So I think effectively the other five players will get rotated next game. Um, unfortunately, I don't, I'd love Saka to get rested um, because it is still a very important game. I don't think he will. Um, but Erdegaard will come back in for Fabio Vieira. Um, Tierney, if he's fit, might come in for Zinchenko. Zinchenko, as we've spoken about, is very important for us, so potentially not. Um, and then Gabriel will come in for Kivior. Uh, Tommy Asu for White or Saliba. I'm not sure which. Maybe Smith-Rowe uh, as well. You never know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Smith-Rowe probably, hopefully he'll be match fit by then and maybe come in for Nelson or Saka. Um, so I don't think the Fulham game affects how uh, we're going to play next week on Thursday. Um, hopefully we win hopefully we go into the game on Thursday with confidence and um, as well not just do I hope we win but I hope it's not too much of a stressful win if that game goes to extra time that's going to really cause us problems for the league game on Sunday which again because we're struggling with numbers at the moment we've got so many injuries um, we can't really afford to um, run these players into the ground effectively yeah, fair enough. And and Karis, is it the sort of the same same scenario for you? Do you think? Yeah, like as we've said earlier, our priorities in the league. But um, I think the thing with this sort of game as well, Vieira said it, of course, that you know whatever competition you're in, you still want to fight regardless. So, as much as our focus is mainly in the Premier League, we still want to give a good account of ourselves in Europa. So. We will probably rotate for the return leg, but hopefully we don't ro rotate too much because when you rotate too much, sometimes you use that bit of continuity and sometimes you don't play as well as you can because even though your players aren't used to each other's movements and things like that. So I hope that we make a few changes here and there. We'll see where exactly. Um, I think maybe Gabriel, I would want him to come back for the return leg only because... Like, as much as I like Kivio, I'm not sure if for a game as big as the second leg, he should start it. Zinchenko for Tierney, I think, would be a good swap. And with Shaka and Jorginho as well, another thing is that I don't really trust both of them playing together in regards to control and transitions. And when, um, if Edwards and Trinkawa on good form, let's say, um, I think I'd want someone else to try and control that sort of situation. So maybe Partey can come in for either Shaka or Jorginho. I don't really care who. Other than um, that, I'd just say maybe. Just, just while we're on the topic of Jorginho, because we haven't really spoken about him, what did you lot think about his performance? Maybe there wasn't much to say. It was he, he didn't do too much, but um, our, Arsenal fans have had mixed reviews of him since he's come in. Obviously, since he scored against Villa in the last minute, he's become more popular. Um, but people are still a little bit torn about him. What did you think of him today? I didn't, didn't notice anything really special about him today. But he always divided, even when he was at Chelsea, he kind of divided some opinion, right? Like, yeah. yeah. But I didn't notice anything agreed. Yeah, I thought it was pretty underwhelming, him. to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I will say that I've liked watching him since he's joined Arsenal. I've always been a, a big fan of him, even at Chelsea as well. I feel like in this Arsenal team, you've got like a lot of young players and a lot of inexperience in terms of like winning trophies. And I mean, no disrespect in saying that, obviously. But like, Jorginho has come in, like he's won won a few things, and like European I, I, champion. 
exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he won the won the UCLs as well, right? With, with Chelsea as well. Yeah, so. yeah. So he's got some experience. He's got some knowledge to uh, to give a very a very young team, but a very talented team. And I think someone like that experience with that experience you'd want in the midfield. Like it's all good having like an experienced attack or goalkeeper, but someone that can orchestrate a midfield and also someone to sort of be the captain who isn't a captain, so to speak. I think Jorginho could fill that role quite well. But yeah, in this game, I feel like it just wasn't a good game for him. I think maybe he was just not underwhelming, but maybe he just wasn't like quite noticeable um, compared to to Fabio Vieira, who I think was was arguably for me, I think your man of the match in, in this game. But yeah, yeah. I, I really like Jorginho, to be fair. I like Jorginho. But, uh, wrong with him. I if know. I were to ask both you, you Arsenal fans, I'll start for you, Karis, for a score prediction next Thursday, what would you what would you say? I'm going to say 3-1. To Sporting, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't mind. If it's 3-1 to Sporting, I guess it means we could continue our title challenge. But no, nah, I say 3-1 to Arsenal, to be honest. I think... Odegaard's going to score and Fabio Vieira will contribute again. And I'll say Nelson. Nelson's been a man for us recently. So, yeah. yeah, fair enough. James, what about you? What would your score prediction be? I hate, I hate to jump off the back of Karis, but um, it, we, we cannot keep a clean sheet at home to save our life. So I think we will concede. And um, I think the game would probably go maybe 2-0 Arsenal. And then we fall asleep for something 2-1 because you start knocking on the door. And then I think late you'll start pushing for an equaliser and we'll get the winner. So, yeah, I fully support 3-1. Um, but, look, if we win, I take it whatever the result. I don't mind. However it goes in, uh, just preferably not through extra time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Rich, I'll give it to you. What will your score prediction be for next Thursday? James is going to hate my prediction. It's going to be 1 1, and after extra time, Sporting wins on penalty kicks. <laughs> I'm going, boy, if I, hey, if I ever, I'm the one who said we're going to get Arsenal, and then a week later we got Arsenal. If I get it right, I, I called the goal, our tie goal, by the way, too. I said we're going to score off like a shithouse quarter if we get a goal. <laughs> wow, we, we, on penalties. Um, what people, I don't know how many people know about this, but Matt Turner's record on penalties is unbelievable. Um, he saved something like 35, 40% of penalties in the um, He is MLS. good at penalties. He is yeah. a good penalty kick. Adan, not so much, but I'm praying that uh, one of the English boys pulls in England and just misses the net. Also, um... <laughs> this was kind of my hope. Wasn't wasn't so much I think our goalie's going to make a save. I'm just thinking there's a lot of English guys on this team. One of them's bound to miss. Yeah. Chris, what were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say I think that um I think it was maybe the the Nations League final for USA that USA beat Mexico in uh in penalties I think as well. Um, I believe yeah, so. I mean I wouldn't mind that scenario uh of the of of winning in pens, but I sadly I don't think that uh, we have enough juice to go to the Emirates and win. Uh, and I'm gonna go two one Arsenal. That's fair. Okay, I'm gonna go be different, mostly because I'm actually going to the game, and I don't want to see. It. I mean, I wouldn't mind Richard's one. You want to see? I mean, here's the thing: if we win, it'll be a famous night. So. It'll be like the big, biggest night in the team's history, in like 20 years. It'll be massive. And I'm, I'm just gonna say, I have a history of, of doing that because obviously I went to the Dortmund game where we qualified for 16 in, in like the last, I think maybe 12 years. That was the first time since then. So hopefully yeah. on Thursday. I mean, it's definitely not going to be a clean sheet for either team, I don't think. I'm going to no, go with... if it's like today and they play sloppy, like there's going to be some sort of calamitous mistake. 
Italy's. I'm going to go 2 1 to Sporting. And I want Paulinho to score. I've never seen a Paulinho go live. I've seen an Edwards go live. I've seen who scored? Uh, Pedro Gonzalez and Pedro Porro goals live. But I've never seen a Paulinho go live, which obviously is my, he's my main man. So hopefully he gets a goal. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not going to be an easy game. But luckily, if it does go to extra time and stuff, I put the, the, the Friday off work just in case. So. It's all good. So even if it does go late into the night, I'm I'm a happy. It's guy. a late kickoff too. It's it's a 9 p.m. It's kickoff. Later, right? It's the later. It's the later. Yeah, yeah 8, 8 we had the early one today. You said you said 9 p.m., which threw me off for a second. I think you're in a different time zone, aren't you? Chris no, no. I was I was trying to account for you because I think that it was four o'clock p.m. my time, which and I, you I guys think your clocks out. do your clocks go back go forward? So oh, true, true. Oh, we got daylight. We got it might be that. Yeah, and sometimes we have like a week or two. We have like a when we're 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 slightly off sync. Yeah, that could yeah, be for like that. two weeks yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It'll be a, it'll be an eight hour time, but it, sh- it should be good atmosphere. Luckily, none of the supporters on our side hopefully made a any sort of errors or any sort no of i don't think there was any pyro there was today i'll be honest no incidents today i think yeah the i think it was a I very well-behaved crowd which which if good. you guys don't know we got um a suspended sentence from uefa due to crowd trouble in the last game we uh, <laughs> apparently threw a, a threw a flare at a, a child and the child got injured although a lot of people say that never happened but uefa have said it's happened so you know, they can't really argue with them um, yeah. So if if today if there was any crowd trouble they would have banned us from coming to the away leg. So I'm hoping that like nothing happened. So but like there's been. No I feel report. like if something happened, we would have definitely heard about it by now. True. Yeah. Would have definitely come out. <laughs> I did have a friend from a from Stevenage go out to Lisbon to to watch Arsenal. He's an Arsenal fan, and he he said there was there was no trouble. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping we're all good, but. Hopefully, yeah, tickets have been ordered. They've been, I mean, they've been paid for. So if, if it does happen, I'll be very upset. Yeah. I, you don't I want a refund. Want. You want to go to the game. Right? You want to go yeah. to the game. Yeah, <laughs> refund. Tickets were cheap as well. 28, 28, euro, well, 28 pounds even. Better than what they were charging our fans. They were charging Champions League prices to get into the into our stadium today. Oh, yeah, I know. But like, I, I was happy paying 28, 28 pounds. And like yeah. I, when I went to the Arsenal game in 2018, like the, the atmosphere was crazy and the, the seats were good as well. So hopefully... Sort of near the same area, but just as long as we get away, I don't really care what went where I sit. But it's definitely going to be a tough game. Um, but Twenty I, pounds I f- isn't bad. That's still that's like forty five, forty six dollars Canadian, like on exchange. Because Canadian dollars sucks. It's like Monopoly money. That's still not bad. That's still pretty good. I'd pay that. I don't know if English teams and I think James or, or Karis can help. But I, I don't know if they have like a cap on away legs for Europa and Champions League games. Right? We definitely have a cap, but I don't know if it applies to Europa League games. So I couldn't tell you about that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Oh, fair enough. But yeah. Also, it depends because some you could get like the Frankfurt situation where the last two or three seasons they've taken over the Camp Nou and the Emirates because they just Arsenal and Barca fans just sold them tickets anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the Tottenham one, I had to pay like £50, I think, maybe 45 that's But obviously, crazy, that's yeah. Champions League prices, I suppose. Like, it's, it's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I, I think we'll, we'll call it there. It's been, we've been gone for an hour and 10 minutes. Um, just before uh, we wrap up, again, I'm going to plug the thing I pl- uh, plugged at the start of the episode, and that is that sporting jersey. Again, like I said, if you're an Arsenal fan, you can enter as well. All you have to do is subscribe to our channel and put proof in this uh, pinned tweet. So just go to it and take a screenshot that you've subscribed and reply and you could win a sporting shirt. It will be announced when we hit a thousand subscribers. We'll do it live on a stream just so you know there's no sort of funny business or anything like that. We'll do like a mystery wheel. So 
it'll be just be completely random. But anyway, I just want to give a special shout out to our two guests today. First, James, thank you for coming on, man. Really do appreciate it. I hope you've uh, you've enjoyed it. Has not been too intimidating for you, surrounded by uh, by, by free sporting fans? No, um, no problem at all. I've I've enjoyed myself. It's been good. Awesome. Yeah, it, it, thank you. And as well, um, AFC Karras also got his podcast, the BTB Pod, which will be in the link in the description, as will James's and Karras's Twitter accounts. Thank you, Karras, for coming on as well, man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure having Angolan parents as well. So I know a little bit about Portuguese football here and there. So oh, it's been a pleasure to come on. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thank you, man. And uh, make sure to give uh, Richard a, a follow here as well. Give Chris a follow here as well. And of course, myself. And also, don't forget to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify, and Apple Podcasts as well. It's 4A160 underscore EN. But again, thank you all for joining and for watching. And peace. Thank <laughs> you.